0: Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
1: A special day today and uh, a special reflection on Queen Elizabeth II. We'll suspend some of our uh, talkback calls just for a short while. Uh, to hear from the Reverend Dr. Mark Jewry, who is an Anglican minister, a senior Anglican minister in Australia, pastor and academic. He writes about faith and culture. And, uh, Mark, a special welcome back to 2020.
0: It's great to be with you, Neil.
1: Mark, when I thought of you this morning, I knew you would have some significant reflection because uh, there are all sorts of things that have been going on in the Church of England, the Anglican communion around the world, We'll get on to some of those sorts of things, but uh, your thoughts first of all, when you he- heard the news early this morning, how were you feeling?
0: Well, I felt very sad. It's it's the passing of an era. I I was born during her reign, and um, i uh, and my whole life has been lived really with her picture on my coins and. I remember when I was a kid, I I went to see a film, um, Sinbad the Sailor. It was in the early 60s. And at that time, before – it must have been the first film I saw, a picture theatre. And at that time, before every film, um, people would stand and they would play God Save the Queen. Um, And it was such a part of our worship to pray for the Queen, God Save the Queen, (laughs) Uh, in the morning and evening prayer and – it, it is with the devotion of at that time, the whole Commonwealth was uh, oriented towards her. So, yeah, it's, um, it's she's a remarkable person, and it's it's sad to see her go. I was I was also reflecting um, on what an amazing Christian she was. She she had such a deep and genuine personal faith. She it's absolutely clear that she knew her Bible and she read it and she. She drew comfort uh, and wisdom from it. Um, there's been com- a lot of commentary in the media about her, of course, and uh, thankful uh, reflection on her life. But uh, it, it saddened me that in a number of the um, Australian op-eds and commentaries that I met from newspapers, there was no mention made of her Christian faith, although they they did mention her... her um, ethos of service and uh, her dignity and her faithfulness her disciplined um, care for her nation and I have absolutely no doubt that those characteristics that people admire her for were the fruit of her Christian faith that she understood Jesus call that that the first should be last and the last should be first she understood that if she was going to reign she needed to be to serve the nation and And she's shown that with her life, and it it did sadden me that that this is not acknowledged in public reflections about her, because she's, I was just thinking, she's probably one of the most prayed for Christian people in the world, (laughs) in terms of um, the way, God saved the Queen, of course, is is a Christian prayer. I was also thinking about why God saved the Queen, why is that? Why is that part of um, the culture of Britain and indeed of Anglican worship? Well, it's not that her she was of more value in God's eyes or that he loved her more than others, but there was this conviction in in the formation of the, the Book of Common Prayer that if if the if the ruler of the nation was someone who was in relationship with God and followed Jesus Christ, the nation would be blessed, That that in praying for the Queen to be saved. Um, uh, you were also praying for righteousness in, in the nation, for peace in the nation. And um, she's actually um, a living demonstration, I think, of the power of prayer because she's embodied those characteristics. She's she's uh, cared for her people or peoples really through very difficult and hugely changing times and has a very, you know, steered a very straight course, and that's undoubtedly due to her, her faith, her formation through the Word of God, her familiarity with the life of Jesus. I was just thinking about her friendship with the uh, Reverend Billy Graham. She met with him many times and uh, heard him preach and encouraged him. And um, The Queen Mother, we understood her mother who formed Elizabeth in the faith. Um, uh, was was a Christian and uh, prayed for the Reverend Billy Graham and it's very clear from his reports that she had a strong and clear personal faith, that she wasn't just a a nominal Christian, she wasn't just a census Christian, oh I must hit that box because I'm the head of the Church of England. She had a, a, a real and genuine personal faith that guided her and she would often speak about Jesus from time to time in her addresses to the nation. So Yeah, a great sadness to lose her, but also um, a wonderful sense of thankfulness for her life and the fruitfulness that it's borne that we've been privileged to see. I was also thinking about Australia. You know, she's been uh, our sovereign, our head of state for more than half of the time that we've existed. Um, And what a huge shift that is, you know, Uh, it's extraordinary, really. So... Yeah, thankfulness to God, but sadness as well. And um, may she rest in peace. I know where she's going. I'm sure she knew where she was going to. She had such a clear faith, and I, I give thanks for her.
1: A clear faith, uh, not just talking the talk, or not just a figurehead for the Church of England, but an actual walking, talking, living Christian. Uh, interesting that you might remind us, Mark, that God Save the Queen was our national anthem up until, uh, I'm not exactly sure what year it was now, I think it was during the 1970s that uh, that we adopted our yes. current national anthem but up until then it was uh, God save the Queen and and I like you can remember singing that the national anthem uh, you know on a school parade ground and uh, but let me ask you about uh, the queen being uh, the supreme governor of the church of england uh, the defender of the faith and uh, you know she has uh, fought the good fight uh, she has uh, walked through uh, right to the end um, Ministers in the Anglican Church, do you give some level of allegiance to the Queen uh, as you do allegiance to God, ultimately? She's
0: the head of the Church of England, but the, the various Anglican churches around the world, including the Anglican Church in Australia, um, would not come under her formal headship in that sense, that we're technically independent of uh, the Church of England. I mean, it, it, the Anglican Church in Australia was called the Church of England up until the seventies. We're not actually um, we're not actually part of the Church. It's a, it's an interesting system. Each diocese is independent. So I wouldn't think of her as an Anglican minister. I wouldn't think of her as the head of the Church of Australia. But um, nevertheless, as I said, that praying for her has been part of the Book of Common Prayer, the Australian Anglican tradition, right up until recent times it's still an authorized uh, order of service the morning prayer and evening prayer so there's no doubt that um, kind of prayerful concern for Queen Elizabeth has is, is kind of woven into that into the tradition of Anglican worship coming back to her role as the head of church in England I think it's a it's a ceremonial role um, and a formal role in practice um, for example, the appointment of bishops is uh, a function of the Prime Minister's office, I believe. So, you know, in in, in the Queen, in in reality, has not exercised um, you know full power over her, her domain. She's always um, understood the the role of government and of um, Prime Ministers and and worked to support that tradition in England. Um, but she's been an amazing uh, – she's been a rock, really, uh, extraordinary. And uh, Certainly I wish
1: – a constant in the time of change, and uh, it's been a very changing yeah. 70 years. Hey, yeah, Just to talk about prayer for the Queen for a moment. Um, you know, the, the Queen is dead. Uh, long live the King, King Charles. Uh, interestingly, while it's been easy, perhaps, to pray for the Queen – Do you think people will have a little more difficulty praying for the king? Uh, Any thoughts here? I mean, uh, this is something I I think for Christian believers, uh, you don't just get driven by emotions and how you might feel about personalities, but there's something very important about praying for the queen or praying for the king.
0: Paul uh, tells us to be praying for those in authority, to lift up those in authority. And that's a really ancient Christian tradition to pray for rulers. I mean, I think he was speaking about the time of Nero. He wasn't speaking about excellent rulers that you should pray for them. He was speaking about all of them. So um, I think Charles, we should pray for him. <laughs> it's, uh, he's got a hard job. I mean, there's a sense in which the incredible respect that people have had for Queen Elizabeth II has uh, held back um, potential changes uh, for Australia. And perhaps also for the UK. Um, so it's it's unclear uh, how then the coming years will 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 work out. I think Charles has come into this role um, with a with a complex and sometimes clouded past, and people have mixed feelings about him. Um, uh, but I mean, this is not really. I don't think this is really the day to be. Um, pondering Charles's challenges or weaknesses so much as giving thanks for his mother <laughs> um, and, and her life. But there's no doubt that we're the, an era has passed and we have a an unclear time ahead of us. So I was thinking, one thought I had is she was such a strong Christian in the very best sense of the word, like her, her character was deeply formed by the example of Jesus and I wish that all our churches were full of people like that, you know, (laughs) that that if people could follow, if, if Christians could follow their Lord as Elizabeth followed him, um, the world would be a much better place. And she's set a, you know, a great example in that regard. Um,
1: in the coronation uh, that is in fact as we heard a little earlier on a segment from uh, the one of the biographers uh, wrote about the queen's faith catherine butcher who who said the commun- that the coronation is actually a communion service and uh, there is a time in the coronation where the queen is anointed at, in her leadership Any thoughts here about the spirituality that might accompany uh, the sorts of, you know, the supernatural things that happen when there's a laying on of hands and uh, that sort of uh, coronation uh, commissioning that happens uh, when there is a a monarch who is appointed? Any thoughts here? I'm taking you a little bit deeper, a little bit, uh, you know, a question without notice here. But uh, what are your thoughts about the spirituality of what happens when the church appoints the sovereign?
0: Yes, it's interesting. We speak of kings and queens being crowned, um, but I believe in the in the way the, the the coronation service works, that the actual point of being invested in the office or, or kind of formally marked for the office is the anointing, which the Archbishop of Canterbury does of the of the ruler, and it'll be of King Charles. That so it's actually that anointing. Is the point at which their their rule is confirmed, and that's a very ancient sign. So uh, Samuel anointed David as the Messiah, as the king. I mean, the word Messiah means the anointed one, and it was customary in um, in the we see in this in the Hebrew Scriptures that prophets, priests, and kings would be anointed with oil. Um, they'd become messiahs uh, or Christs, that is, anointed ones. Through that ceremony, and you know, for David, there was a later time when he was actually recognised as king by the people. But it was, when he was pulled out of caring for his sheep, and Samuel anointed him with the oil, that he was really set apart by God as the king. Now, I I really believe in the power of um, this symbolism. That is that um, the 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 anointing of the of the ruler to be or the of the, the new king is um is an important sign of the grace of god uh of it's a it's an endowment for service Um, and christianity has many of these signs we we have communion which is a sign of um, receiving the grace of god There's baptism Um, there's the confirmation service in the anglican tradition where the bishop lays on hands lays hands on the person being confirmed and prays that they would that the holy spirit would be stirred up within them so I, I believe in the efficacy and the importance of these signs, and I'm sure um, Queen Elizabeth II would have been would have meant a great deal to her as well that 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 prayer and an exercise of authority. Um, and uh, I, I do hope and pray that that Charles will enter into that ceremony with a sense of the sovereignty and the power of God. There's a strong tradition in Anglican understanding that. That a ruler of the nation is um, anointed by God for their task and set aside by the Lord. they they' you know, you might say they've inherited it because of their birth, but it's actually, it's actually that point of, of consecration through the anointing with oil and and the, a prayer for the Holy Spirit to be upon the person. That's the the point of setting them aside for that. So I, my hope and prayer is that um, Charles will have a sense of that and that it will be important to him personally and that God will um, will bless him. I pray that God will save the King. <laughs> yes. um, and, I, you know, that prayer is not just a prayer, God save the King. It's not just a prayer for some future uh, life after th- this life. That's, that's not what it's about. It's about uh, that, that, that that person would be established in a deep and personal relationship with God and be guided by the example um, and the way of Jesus Christ, that they'd be a, a genuine disciple of Jesus. And I, I pray and hope that, uh, that Charles will receive that gift of being a follower of Christ in his office, just as, just as his mother has done, and, and served the nations with such distinction as a result of having that understanding.
1: Uh, Mark, when we're talking about the Queen, uh, interesting because we're talking about the crowning of kings and queens a little earlier. Even the crowning of a monarch, that has a biblical sort of a connotation to it, doesn't it? Aren't we we talking about crowns and such things when we're referencing God?
0: Yes, it does have a biblical reference because um, the idea was that the Lord was the ruler, the king. I mean, the kingdom of God, the the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come. (laughs) So God is the king of all kings, the king of kings. Lord Jesus is known as the king of kings too. And so um, this, this idea of kingship is really bound into the biblical, biblical frame. And um, I'm sure Queen Elizabeth was very aware of that. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting, there's a very famous piece of music by Handel, um, which is he played at the coronation of the king. Zadok, it begins, Zadok the Priest, it's called Zadok the Priest, and it's about the uh, anointing of Solomon. And that is um, performed usually at the it 's a very dramatic piece, and it 's performed at the at the coronation traditionally, um, and so it ties in the the idea of the lord 's anointed of Solomon the Messiah, the anointed one of God, with what 's happening uh, in Westminster Abney at that time as well with the, with the uh, crowning and anointing of the king of England. Uh, the
1: thought of you know having crowns, uh, some sort of elaborate headdress, and no doubt lots of cultures have uh, those headdresses that uh, that signify someone is the king or the queen. Uh, but uh, but casting crowns before him, uh, anyone who wears a crown uh, that that he's the ultimate king. Uh, There's a certain sense uh, when we've got this kingdom of God, it's a kingdom over all. And uh, when you were saying a little earlier, the thought that we pray for the queen or we're going to be praying for the king, uh, there's something in that prayer, isn't there, uh, that we actually make this statement ourselves of faith that God is the supreme king above all kings, above all crowns. Uh, There's something very important about uh, getting that placement right, and no doubt that filters down right through into the faith of a nation. Any thoughts here around the role of faith in a nation when we're acknowledging God as kingdom, a king, and, uh, and his kingdom reigning?
0: Yes, Neil, I've definitely been thinking about this, as reflecting on uh, Queen Elizabeth's life. And what came to mind is, um, as I mentioned before, the words from, the, from Evensong, the Even prayer service, Um, And there is this prayer for the nation. Uh, After reading the Lord's Prayer together, the congregation um, prays as follows. I'll just read that out. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not your Holy Spirit from us. Um, it's actually a very moving prayer where the nation is united together, interceding for itself. So in praying for the Queen, there's, there's, a, there's a prayer also that the ministers of the Queen would be righteous, <laughs> And, and then the response is, the people will be joyful if the ministers are, are governing. And that it's God's people, that, that he is the only one that can save the nation. Only the Lord fights for us. And we've forgotten this, I think, in our, our culture today. Um, we've become separated from the idea of a nation under God. But it's a very biblical concept that, that nations have to give an account of themselves to the Lord, who is the King of Kings. And that we um, it would be good for us to see ourselves as being under the sovereignty and under the care of God. In fact, I think in that in that Anglican tradition, uh, the view was that that was the that was the place of joy, of fruitfulness, and of safety was to be under the sovereign care uh, oversight of God. Um, and I, I I feel some sadness that we've 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 lost connection as a nation with that. We've We've entered into a space where faith is thought of as a purely individual or personal thing or personal choice, but that is not the way the Bible describes it. And I I am absolutely sure that God judges nations, that nations rise and fall at his command, um, and that it would be a really good thing for the Christians of this land to um, be interceding for our nation, that that God would be honoured here, that, that we would have rulers who... Uh, endued with right, we have ministers that are endued with righteousness, as that prayer says. And I think it would be good to revive those prayers and to remember them in this time. And pray for Charles, too, as he, he takes on this very daunting task that he'd, he'd be able to rule in, in the spirit of his mother. I had another thought about this, too. You know, this, this prayer, God Save the Queen, which is really a prayer for the blessing of the whole nation. Um, and for her ministry as well, for the government. Um, I think also one thing about Queen Elizabeth is that she was praying for the nation. It wasn't just that the nation, the millions of people were praying for her, but she was interceding for her people. And I think that's an incredible blessing. Um, It's great to have someone praying for you. I I once did a funeral for um, a minister who passed away John Moroney, his name was, uh, a very loved um, pastor. And, and a number of people said, well, who will pray for us now? <laughs> you know, because he had this real gift. And I, I, I'd, I'd like to say, you know, ask that question, who will pray for Britain now? Who will pray for Australia? And well, I think the people of God need to pray. They need to take up, take up that challenge of carrying on Queen Elizabeth's ministry of, uh, of intercession.
1: Uh, The role of faith in a nation, and while we might think of the Queen as the Queen of England, uh, she is still the Queen of Australia, and as you say, Mark, an interesting thought there, only the Lord fights for us. And uh, the role of our leaders and uh, whether that be monarch or whether that might be our prime minister or even our governor general, there is a certain sense in which uh, their faith is very important because nations like Australia face very real battles. Times are changing Dramatically, and so uh, this thought of a rising secularism uh, where our leaders don't acknowledge God uh, leaves us vulnerable, doesn't it? Uh, the thought that our, our leaders might acknowledge God that's actually a point of powerful uh, statement about our future. Uh, let's, uh, I know we've only got a, a brief amount of time uh, left remaining, but. Um, Let's talk about God's relationship with individuals. Uh, we talk about God's relationship for a nation, the role of a monarch in all of that. Of course, uh, what flows from the monarch uh, for the people goes down to those individual relationships with God. What are your thoughts here?
0: Yeah, I think, I think uh, Elizabeth II's example was basically in the end of a, of a person, a human being before the Lord. And she knew that she was accountable to God, that guided her life. And, you know, in our very changing world where there's so many different pressures and temptations and distractions and obsessions as well that are, that are plaguing us in, in all sorts of different ways, where we've lost our sense of who we are, we've lost our sense um, of, of knowing what it is to be a human being. I think there's a, there's a wonderful comfort, really, to every individual to turn to their creator, the one who made them and loves them, and to offer their life back to the one who gave them life and to say, here is my life. You know, Would you use it for your purposes, for your glory? You've made me. I'm willing to trust you uh, to care for me and that my life would be meaningful in serving you and in knowing you. That is the secret to Queen Elizabeth, absolutely, that she knew that with all her heart. And I would encourage people to reach out to God. I was having a chat recently with um, someone who would love to know God uh, and would love to actually, thinks a lot about life after death. They're older now. And I said, you know, you, you have a longing for God and you have a longing for what's after your life but I said, have you talked to God about it? And I said, there's a word that I think you need to use when you're thinking about God, and that word is you. You need to speak to God and just say, you, God, you are my father, you You created me, help me. You know, I'd, I'd like to know you. And I think I'd say to anyone who's listening now who doesn't feel connected to their creator and feels lost in all the pressures of the world and... The, the challenges and struggles and um, abuses and temptations it, i'd like to say to you uh, use that word you and say it to god and say to god lord would you please speak to me into my life would you would you would you reveal yourself to me i want to know you if queen elizabeth could know the lord just as a simple woman kneeling down by her bed to pray anyone can and if she could overcome the weight of all that influence and wealth and 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 just to to kind sort of re, just to be able to be reduced to just a person who loved god and was able to live that way despite all those pressures of her office i think anyone can so i just encourage anyone who's listening to to reach out and ask god to be personal with them to as you say you to god ask god to say you to you that you hear his voice and be able to follow jesus um as he as he calls you to
1: A significant reflection, offering our lives back to the one who gave life, like Queen Elizabeth did, and... uh now, that 70-year reign, uh, the 96 years of her life, that that's come to an end, uh, that these examples are wonderful. And to be able to acknowledge that on the day of her death, uh, very, very powerful. Mark Jury, I want to thank you for taking some time to share some deeper insights with us today around the faith of the Queen, around the spirituality that accompanies the monarch, around the thought of praying for our leaders, uh, the expectation that God is the one who will fight for us, and uh, the obedience and our servanthood to God, the one who gave us life, is so, so important. Uh, for listeners who want to connect with the Reverend Dr. Mark Jury, who is an Anglican minister, uh, markjury.com is his uh, blog site address. And no doubt he'll be writing about all sorts of things to do with the types of things we're talking about today over coming days if you want that deeper impression about how to think about these things as a Christian. And, of course, there'll be a 10-day period of mourning for Queen Elizabeth II, so there'll be plenty of time to reflect on these sorts of things. Mark Durie, that's D-U-R-I-E dot com. Mark, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020.
0: What a privilege to be able to talk about uh, the extraordinary life of Queen Elizabeth. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.